Welcome to this week on Planet Internet. I'm your host, Natasha Nell, and I'm joined this week by Amy Tom, your regular podcast host, and Katarina, editor at Hacker Noon. Hacker Noon podcast. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Yay. So this week... I have just returned from a holiday in Italy and I have no idea what is going on in the world. I'm going to rely on the two of you to catch me up. I do have one anecdote to share from traveling around Europe during these crazy panini times. It has been such a trip. After getting double vaccinated, you get this little QR code and everywhere you go, you're asked in uh, Italian, which makes it confusing, but you're asked for a green pass and you have to open this little app and show your green pass. And if you don't have a green pass, if, for example, you've decided not to get vaccinated or if you've never had coronavirus before and you don't have an antibody proof within the last 10 months, then you're not allowed to go into any restaurants. You can't sit down inside. You soon might not be able to use public transport at all. And there have actually been a couple of protests around this, which is interesting. Of course, people are not taking kindly to being told that they have to get vaccinated in order to use some of these public services. So it was a curious thing to debate with our friends over there. And I wonder what you think about that. What's your sort of first response to the idea of this enforced vaccination in exchange for public goods and services? Oh, that's so interesting. That's also very topical on my mind because Vancouver just announced that they are going to launch that starting September 15th. So in two weeks from now about. And yeah, honestly, I'm pro-vaccine all the way. Everybody should get it. Everybody needs to get it. I don't know what you're doing if you don't. Whatever. We don't have to get into it. But I also... I'm like uncomfortable with the vaccine passport because as much as I don't agree with the people that are not getting vaccinated, I think that everyone should have a choice. And theoretically, you still do have a choice, but then you're like really limiting like what you can and can't do. And that kind of governmental crackdown or whatever is, I'm not super opposed to it, but I'm just like, ooh, that's a little uncomfortable. And... I think that the people that they're trying to target for these kinds of things, like the extreme anti-vaxxers, like, would they not be also, like, anti-government? So it'd be, like, even more of a big F you? I don't know. What's the situation? where you are, Katerina? Here in Serbia, we're not exactly well known for our healthcare system. So it was already pretty messy even before COVID. So now it's absolutely disastrous. So I'm all for it if it ever tries to be enforced there. Uh, I am vaccinated, but it's very, it's a big issue, especially among younger people. And I think it's mostly related to education, related to how epidemics works and how it was dealt in the past and, and what can be done now. And the concept of vaccination passports is not really that foreign for many areas globally. So for me, it's not a big deal. I just want to be over finally. Yeah, me too. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm pandemic tired. Fatigue is a real thing. I feel that a lot. I think if we have to 
honestly look at the last year and what we've all endured psychologically, just low key. It's reason for a sabbatical. We all need to take a sabbatical. Last week's episode of This Week on Planet Internet, by the way, for those of you who haven't heard it, it's such a great episode. It was hosted by Ling. And I think it's called The Future. What is the future of remote work? It's Mm -hmm. such a great episode. And I think my favorite moment from that episode, by the way, is Amy just flat out saying that if she could stop working tomorrow, she 100% would and does not feel any desire to work ever. Um, I never want to work. (laughs) It was brilliant. I would actually, I would be curious to hear more about that from you a little later on in this episode. Actually, I have some follow-up questions about that. All right. Great. If you, uh, yeah, anyway, back to vaccine passports. Let's wrap that up because I think that's a really important, mm-hmm. a really important topic in terms of your initial response and then questioning your initial response, which Katarina, that was such a good example of because my initial response was exactly the same. I thought, how far does it then go? What are they going to tell me to do with my body? And we won't talk about what's happening in Texas right now. That's a whole different podcast. But I think that. If you think about things just one step further, in order to go to Brazil from South Africa, you have to have a yellow fever vaccination. It's been that way for 20 years. It just is what it is. It's wise to take malaria tablets if you visit Mozambique. So if you think about it. I feel like that makes sense because you're traveling borders, though. But like, what do you think about what happens when you're within your own border? That's true. That is a difference. It absolutely is a difference. The nature of this pandemic and it's contagious across borders and not just endemic to certain areas is maybe what makes it different. What do you think, Katarina? I think now that more than ever, the fact that we're traveling so much is so crucial to the fact that it's spreading so quickly. It's never been in history this way before. So in terms of that, I don't know. As I mentioned here, we the healthcare system really did suffer. And many non-COVID patients suffered because there's just not enough of space in hospitals to be admitted for any other reason. So it's no longer a COVID issue. It's a general population issue. So if vaccinations are the only way to stop it. My aunt is a nurse. So yeah, (laughs) I'm very frustrated. Yeah, that's common. We have friends who also work in the healthcare industry who are not so much in agreement with anybody being able to travel if they're unvaccinated or so feel very strongly about just getting it done. So yeah, it's interesting to hear from people on the front lines. The strength of their response is passionate, for sure. On to slightly lighter topics. Amy says that the robots are taking over. I haven't yet caught up on this news, although it's been coming for a while. Amy, do you want to give us the TLDR on the robots coming for all of us. Yeah, is it a good thing? I don't know. Maybe- You'll never have to work again. Isn't that (laughs) true? Your job. Anyway. Maybe I won't have to worry about COVID anymore because I'll just live in a robot body or something. It'll be great. I'm immune to everything. (laughs) So I read this article yesterday on Hacker Noon called Tiny, Fast, and Strong, an insect-sized robot that mimics cheetahs. And I was like, what? That's wild. Wait, side note before I even start. Did you see that Black Mirror episode with the bugs that like, that's what this reminds me of. Very exciting, scary perhaps, but these people are from the University of 
California in Berkeley, and they are creating these micro robots, and they are like insect size, so super tiny, but they have the endurance and strength of a cheetah. So they've tested the movements of the robot in and slowed it down to like one sixth of a speed, so that you can see like how the bot moves in relation to also how the cheetah moves, and they have like similar movements and speeds and things. So they made the robot to mimic the movements of the cheetah, but be so small that it's the size of an insect. And it just seems, yeah, it seems very Black Mirror. I don't know how I feel about this. Have you ever encountered such a tiny robot, Natasha? So I've been following the what is it the Boston Dogs and those I think actually inspired that Black Mirror episode. What a great episode! If I remember correctly, it was all in like grayscale, black and whites, super intense, not much dialogue. It was so great and it kept me on the edge of my chair. And the movement of those dogs. And the realization as I was watching the episode was that all of this robotic technology, what is going to be the first application? Of course, war. That's <laughs> what it's going to be used yeah. for. I don't need a tiny robot dog. I can get a real <laughs> dog. But however, these robot dogs could be very useful to some governments in certain yes. locations. Yeah. For me, this is a really freaky, totally Black Mirror development. And then the right? fact that they... In this episode, for those of you who haven't seen it, they gain their own intelligence. That's the thing is that the dogs then just start to take over and Earth is no longer inhabitable because these dogs are just lurking around every corner and trained to attack anything that moves. So it turns into this like zombie apocalypse scenario, which is just probably what's going to happen in the end yes. anyway. Did leave out the reason for developing the robots conveniently. Who knows what they're for? I also was like, I don't know what this is for. <laughs> Google who funded this startup. Always follow know, the money, right? right? Who's yes, funding? Always follow the money, yes. And in other big robot news, you have missed like the biggest stuff in your Italian vacation, but Elon Musk has announced the Tesla bot, which is going to be like a humanoid robot of sorts that will autopilot like the mundane tasks of your life or something. He's trying to get away with tasks that are quote unquote unsafe, repetitive, or boring. Which like, I don't know, what's a boring task? I Making your bed? The robot's gonna make my bed for me? I am scared. <laughs> Black mirror, real life. Yeah, it's very interesting. Katarina, have you heard about this? Yeah, I noticed, of course, the Twitter went rampant on the, the memes related to it. <laughs> uh, but I think it's just Elon's belated response to Boston Dynamics too. He just, like, hasn't dipped his fingers so far in it and then he wanted just something to do. It will be interesting to see if he follows up on it even. But yeah. Yes, it does say the release is, quote-unquote, sometime next year. So, I don't know. Not just Yeah. Sorry, Katarina, go. I think it's just something he was wanting to try out, not not something that he... Oh, you mean he's just bored and he has a lot of money, so he's just going (laughs) to make a robot. The other people are doing it, and I didn't do it, so let's see if we can pull it off. If he's doing it, then I'm doing it too. Someone will have to walk the the Boston Dynamics dogs. 
and it will yes. be Elon Musk's robots. And it will be the humanoid <laughs> robots. Oh my God, amazing. What's pretty meta about this whole conversation is that on the Hacker Noon story, Amy, I don't know if you want to share your screen for our YouTube mm-hmm. viewers, but on the tiny, fast and strong insects that mimic cheetahs, there is a new feature on Hacker Noon. Very exciting. A little TLDR button at the top of the story that you can click on and receive a summary of the article that was made by an AI, which, you know, is a job that used to belong to editors summarizing articles in catchy little paragraphs. So that's a new feature built by our mastermind developer. I believe it was Jefferson who just quietly installed this the other day. I spotted it after Lee Mark told me about it and Mm -hmm. Can I just say what a great addition? Really cool. If you don't have time to read stories, go to Hackanoon, just click TLDR buttons everywhere, get the summaries. It's pretty rad. Also for tweeting. Yeah, it just helps with so many things. I think it's also, a great Also, can thing. I just say that like my new favorite thing is when a developer just like randomly drops a feature and doesn't tell anyone. I was like, oh my God, Jefferson, what is this? Woke up on a Tuesday morning and was like, here we go, TLDR. <laughs> I love it. I really think that's a common trait of developers is not shouting about their work. And Mm -hmm. David said something really cool to our blogging fellows in the presentation, the kickoff presentation to our Hackanoon blogging fellowship, just a thing we're doing on the side. It's a really cool thing. But David gave some great advice in there about why people document their their work or the kinds of people that document their work and saying that clear writing requires and proves clear thinking and it validates your expertise and those who document their work have done work that is worth documenting, right? So it's all in all just a really good practice to document your work and it's called me out. Actually, I thought when's the last time that I wrote about work that I've done for Hackanoon and actually shouted about it and said, this is what I've learned or put out documentation that might help somebody else do it. So yeah, that's something we're thinking about, which is a very smooth segue to the topic of work. Amy, going back to what you said on last week's podcast about not wanting to work, I thought that was awesome because it was so real and so (laughs) true. If we're all honest with ourselves, we don't want to work necessarily, even when your job is super cool. Maybe it's unconventional. Maybe you actually get glimmers of joy in the day, even though it's still work. My mom, for example, quit her day job to become a caterer because she loves food. And like it's, she loves it, sure. But now she's turned her passion into her work and mm-hmm. it's still work. <laughs> yes, exactly. Even if you love what you do, you're still working. And then Marcos comes in and he's, I just love to learn. And I'm like, okay, Marcos, that's fine. He's new here. He needs to see all We all have different interests. Katarina, how do you feel about work? What's your general relationship with work? Uh, Depends on the type of work. My focus is very on again, off again. But if the task I'm working on is something that I'm interested in or that I really want to see seeing go live, then I have no trouble pushing through whatever deadline is. And if it's something repetitive or, or too boring or something that I see no point in, I'd rather just do whatever else. Okay, maybe I should clarify. I can work. 
I am capable of working. <laughs> I lo- I do work. I like it. <laughs> if you ask me what I want to do, it's not working. It's interesting for a while. I took a like when I left the previous startup I worked in, I took like a self-proclaimed sabbatical that turned into something much longer because corona started. And in the like first 6 weeks, maybe 2 months, it's very refreshing and it's very it's needed. So you need to, to cleanse your brain to, to recharge. It's necessary. But in the long run, it's just not fun, especially when you top it with the stress of, of uh, generating income. So, no, yeah, okay. it's fun. See, here's the thing. Really Imagine you have unlimited money, okay? <laughs> you don't need to work because you have unlimited money. You do whatever you want, and that's fun. 100%. Even you don't get bored because you do whatever you want to. I'll be like, oh my god, I'm gonna start a podcast today on this just because I feel like it. Or today I think I'm going to paint a picture. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Actually, on a side note, my dream job, if money was not an object and I had to work, I would be a barber or a barista because you get to talk to people all day and either make beautiful latte art or touch people's hair, which, like, is really weird, but I'm really into that. It's a nightmare. I just want to talk to people all day long. (laughs) And this is the thing, right? It's all about your personal style and what you like and trying to find work that aligns with that. It has to be. Otherwise, you really can't do it. I, I wouldn't be able to work at all if I hadn't found a job that aligned with what I like to do all day, which is just like mess around on the internet, know what's going on in the world, have unsolicited opinions about things, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. and also write copy because I find that to be really fun. And I find a lot of people to do that really badly. So it's nice to be like, I can do that better. I think yes. I'm driven a lot by the desire to do things better and perfectionism which is not great (laughs) way to call me out yes yes that's also why i feel like this is the perfect job for me because i just want to talk all day just set me up with a little black box and we're good to go (laughs) Uh, the other day natasha maybe you missed this in the meeting Atsav was like, Amy, I really have to get used to your energy in the meetings. And I'm like, Atsav, you think this ends after the call ends? This is my life. This doesn't finish. Like, it's 24 7. That is too funny. Atsav, cute. I didn't know that about him. That's adorable. What a sweetie. All right. I'm glad to catch up. I think that is is what we've got in us today for this week on Planet Internet. That's about as much as I know what's going on. We have some very exciting projects on the go. Obligatory shout out to startups. How is that going? Go and check in on your favorite startups by location. Vote for your favorite startups by location. Do all of those good things. We've got another campaign that our regular audience might be familiar with it rhymes with moonies and that's all i'm going to say about that that's upcoming very exciting other than that not much to report from my side any closing words of wisdom from the two yes it is the last week for startup nominations so if you have a startup to nominate you can go do that at startups.hackernoon.com i also made a beautiful little startup tutorial video that's on our youtube channel on how to do that so you can check that out 
And by, okay, hold on. And by me made it, I voiced it over and Kian made it. I'm not <laughs> taking credit video. for this. Hold on, let me backtrack. <laughs> it was a team effort. Kian's videos are fire, so do check that out. That's great advice. All right, thanks everybody for joining us this week on Planet Internet. And see you same time, same place next week. That's right. Goodbye. Bye. Good afternoon, podcast.